Uh, the previous program was the WBAI Evening News with Paul DiRienzo, usually heard at 6 p.m. here on um, Monday through Thursday here at 6 p.m. Stay tuned for Guns, Gays Against Guns, Radio Gag. Let me let me get that right. I, I'm gonna yeah, I'm a little distracted here. Just just to show you, I'm just keeping you listeners on your toes, just to show that there is there is live components <laughs> during the broadcast day. So it may seem like mistakes to some people, but it's a test to make sure that you are paying attention out there. Okay, let's start again. Coming up next is. Gays Against Guns radio gag coming up. Stay tuned. Radio gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Prepare to gag, yeah. Merry Christmas from Virginia and Trisha, and welcome to the gratitude episode of the Gays Against Guns radio show. It seems strange to give thanks in a year when almost 40,000 people in the United States were killed by a gun. But there were actually huge strides made in the gun violence prevention movement this year. We talked to members of our GAG family about things they were thankful for in 2018. In this episode, we hear about the youth movement and how its energy loosened the NRA's stranglehold on our politics and helped win back the House. Our members celebrated victories and reveled in the part we played. But before we get into those interviews, we're going to take a few minutes to honor someone we lost this year to gun violence with our In Memoriam. Amber Clark, 41, was killed on December 1st in Natomas near Sacramento, California. She was sitting in her car in the parking lot of the library where she worked. Her murderer was a man she'd had removed from the library in October. Police had been called about a disturbance and the man was banned from returning. Clark had worked at the library for three and a half years. City Council Member Angelique Ashby said, every person that walked into the North Natomas Library was greeted by Amber. This is an extreme tragedy for our community. Clark enjoyed the community service aspect of being a public librarian with a particular passion for making libraries accessible to people with disabilities. Quote, she brought that passion to the library and has been a champion for accessibility and inclusion, teaching all of us that we are all people and not defined by our disabilities or differences the Sacramento Public Library said in a statement. Three years ago, Clark had moved to California from Oklahoma, where she'd been a teacher and brought technology into classrooms. Her coworkers in the Sacramento Public Library system are stunned and frightened that someone dedicated to making the library available to all could be killed at work. A handful of the branches have security, and Atomas is one of them, showing how difficult it is to protect against someone armed and determined to kill. Quote, it's such a violation to think about that because we've done so much and we're vigilant and we are proactive, said Rivka Sass, Sacramento Public Library Director. This week, the library set up a memorial fund where people can donate to continue Amber Clark's work of increasing accessibility for all to libraries. In addition to her fellow librarians and those she advocated for, Amber leaves behind her husband, Kelly Clark. Thank you for that, Virginia. To begin our episode on what we're thankful for in 2018, I want to give thanks for all the activists I've met. They're passionate and empowering and tons of fun to be with and are here now to talk to us about what they're grateful for. 
I'm Bridget McGinn. Uh, I'm an organizer with Gays Against Guns. And I think that what I'm really thankful for this past year was that we were active and engaged in at the Hart Senate office buildings when, which is I'm not thankful that the Parkland shooting happened, but that we were busy and working already. And that tragedy, those kids that were inspired by that, the way that they handled themselves and the way that they developed a movement and included everybody across the nation and they grew so fast and they deserve every honor that they've gotten. And I think I'm just really grateful for them and I'm really grateful that I was with with GAG and still am and partnering with amazing people like that to try to make change. Do you know anything about the March for Our Lives, how that came together, and how that was organized? Was that organized by those students? And yeah, that was totally, to, totally organized by the students. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just like we organized. Everybody got together after the, the tragedy at Pulse, and the kids got together in one of their friends' living rooms and started talking about it. And the fact was that a couple of them had been on the debate team and the subject the year before for their competitions was gun violence prevention. So they were very well informed when it happened to them from a very well-privileged neighborhood and, and supportive school and families. And so when they were together in their living room and a bunch of them, you know, I think it was maybe six or seven of them, they said, we have to do something, and they started. And a lot of it was just automatic, but, like, the real movers who, like the young man who went right out that day and started talking to the news cameras instead of hiding, and his family let him go out and do that. Um, and he had such an intelligent voice, David Hogg, and then others followed, and then they started to talk, and then they said, we have to have a march to um, there to Tallahassee, and then they said, we need, we need to organize a big march, and they just did it. They knew what's possible, and um, it's totally grassroots, and, I, and I've spoken to some of the parents, and they say, they'll be like, oh, don't ask me. We don't have any, you know, apparently parents aren't allowed in the resistance anymore. <laughs> is a direct quote from one of the Parkland kids' parents. 2018, it was the National Student Walkout, and it was on April 20th. And I uh, attended the march and the walkout with GAG. I was a human being, and just being to ha have that experience, almost spiritual, where we went into uh, Washington Square Park and stood right in the middle of the fountain on the uh, little dais area. The fountain obviously wasn't on. We didn't know what to expect, and all of the students just came, thousands of them. And being in the presence of all of those students on that most important day, holding a placard of somebody who passed away uh, from Columbine on April 20th, which was my birthday also, and that's why I also started thinking about gun control ever since I was a kid. Then seeing all of these students with their hands up and everything that they were chanting, and it was just this cacophony of sounds, and it's just an amazing experience that will stay with me forever, and uh, I cherish that, and I'm very thankful for that in a very melancholy way. Uh, hi, I'm Jake Tolan. I am super, super grateful for all of the doctors and medical professionals who took to Twitter and told the NRA to stay in their lane when it comes to uh, expertise on gunshot wounds. Um, it's that kind of ground level organizing that really moves the gun violence prevention movement forward. And I love that they all pretty much unanimously said, you know what, you're wrong. 
<laughs> Hi, I am Sean Stefanik. I'm with Gag, and I am most certainly grateful more than anything for Gag, my Gag family, and uh, all the uh, activist community that I have encountered this year. It has brought in a great deal of change and inspiration, joy and movement in my life that I could never have imagined before, but it was something I was always looking for prior to that, and with Gag I found it. Can you speak about some of the actions that you participated in? Certainly, most definitely the very first action I took part in, which was the march on the NRA on August, uh, August 3rd. 2018. I had only gone to one gag meeting and instantly, two days later, I was on the bus down there and it totally changed my life. I, I definitely, I knew for a long time I wanted to fight for this. It was something I'd been wanting to fight for a long time and getting the chance to do it was amazing. Well, that was Sean and we are glad to have him in the gag family. It has been really fun agitating this year. One of the first actions Gag did after the Parkland shooting was to go down to March for Our Lives altogether. And we went to the NRA headquarters the day before March for Our Lives and recorded a video where we ended up calling out FedEx for not dropping ties to the NRA. Because after the Parkland shooting, a lot of companies did drop ties. They cut their ties with the NRA. That includes Allied, Best Western, Citibank, Chubb, Delta Airlines, United Airlines, MetLife, Budget, Hertz, Enterprise, and Alamo Rental Cars, First National Bank of Omaha, Dix, Fred Meyer, and Walmart. Thank you to those companies. It's important, I think, as you're calling out who is doing the wrong thing to praise the companies doing the right thing, because that's how this works. You should get credit for dropping ties with the NRA. FedEx did not do that. So GAG continued protesting them all year after um, March for Our Lives. We had um, protests in front of several different FedEx storefronts, protesting the 26% discount they gave for shipping, and that includes shipping guns. Mm -hmm. One of our most fun actions was a 26-hour protest in front of the Bryant Park FedEx, where we stayed out we made a little rock video on the hour, every hour, trying to um, use the, the time, wait for the midnight hour, one, two, three strikes, you're out. Chanted, danced around, handed out a lot of flyers, had great response, like people saying, thank you, I will never use FedEx again. We kept at it, and then in November, FedEx finally dropped the discount to NRA members, which GAG claims, rightly, some, uh, some credit for that victory. That was a very, very big milestone, and we have somebody else in our sights now, Wells Fargo. We do indeed. By the time companies started distancing themselves, the NRA was already struggling financially. In 2017, they took out a $5 million loan from their nonprofit arm, which is barred from making political donations. This, after running through a $25 million line of credit from a bank. And the NRA spent just $10 million in the midterm elections this past year, half of what they spent on the midterms in 2014. It's been gratifying to watch the NRA flail financially, so much so that they no longer provide coffee or even a water cooler to their employees. Their revenue is down by $35 million, more than likely due to declining membership. You could just hear Slippy the dog groaning a little bit there in the background. Um, 
and he hasn't even heard this. Slippy, check this out. Just like the president, the NRA paid $30 million to elect, the gun lobby has legal troubles on top of their money and political troubles. Russian spy and gun enthusiast Maria Bettina pled guilty to spying this month, agreeing to cooperate with federal authorities. Evidence suggests that some of that $30 million came from her boss in the Russian government, Alexander Torshin, making the NRA the conduit for illegal campaign donations from a hostile government. The beleaguered NRA seems to be studying the beleaguered President Trump's playbook of, no, I'm the victim, and counterfactual nonsense. In response to reports of gun control bills being introduced in the next Congress, the NRA tweeted, Gun control laws are not the answer. If we want to prevent more horrific acts of violence, our leaders need to stop demonizing the men and women of the NRA and find solutions that will save lives. To those poor demonized men and women of the NRA, we send thoughts and prayers. Thanks, Virginia. This is Tricia here at WBAI, and we're GAG. And if you're wondering what GAG stands for, it's an acronym for Gays Against Guns. We have a weekly radio show on every Tuesday night at 6.30. To continue with our show for what we are grateful for in 2018, Tom's is a California-based shoe company founded by Blake McCoskey, who, as it happens, lives 20 miles from the Borderline Bar and Grill in Thousand Oaks. After the November 7th mass shooting at the borderline, Blake, as he likes to be called, donated $5 million to gun prevention groups. This followed Levi Strauss's donation of $1 million to gun prevention in September. We are grateful for companies that stop doing business with merchants of death. We are even more grateful to companies who share their earnings with those of us fighting to save lives. Activism can push companies, and it can also swing elections. Many longtime agitators realized the importance of taking back Congress this fall, and they got themselves out to volunteer for candidates. As a friend of mine marveled, the anarchists are canvassing. Hi, my name's Lou Markert, and I'm a founding member of Gays Against Guns. What am I thankful for in 2018? That's a, it's a hard question because there's so little to be overjoyed about. But the thing that I think that's foremost in my mind, and this is pertinent to gun control, I'm thankful for the fact that people are waking up and they're realizing that our country, our democracy, is worth fighting for and that the best way to fight for it is to understand it and then to do the most important things you can do, which is get out and knock on doors and talk to people, many of whom may not fully agree with you or may not fully comprehend the situation that we're in. That is, without a doubt, the thing I'm most grateful for. And I know specific people who have said that they have woken up, that they had no idea what the risks were and what our government was about until it got co-opted by some of the worst people imaginable. It, it can't be any more specific, I don't think, for me, than the fact that people got up on a weekend, went upstate or out to Staten Island or down to Pennsylvania or out to Ohio and put themselves on the line and spoke. 
That's the only thing that's going to change this. Thank you, Lou. You're right. Everybody needs to canvas and everybody needs to vote. And the politicians need to do the people's will rather than serving donors like the NRA. People can also do the right thing as investors. The Interfaith Center on Corporate Responsibility, a coalition of shareholders advocating for social change, won a resolution at Smith & Wesson's annual shareholder meeting this fall. Smith & Wesson is now responsible for creating a report to show evidence it's exploring ways to make safer guns and products to reduce gun violence. Among the organizations backing the proposal was the American Federation of Teachers, who obviously have a stake in making schools safer. Gun manufacturer Sturm Ruger passed a similar resolution earlier this year. Pressure in both cases, Sturm Ruger and Smith & Wesson's parent company, came from the huge investment firm BlackRock, one of the biggest shareholders. BlackRock, for whatever reason, joined the interfaith group in pushing gun manufacturers to make their products less deadly. Avery Gardner, co-president of the gun violence prevention group, The Brady Campaign, said in a statement after the decision, quote, just one year ago, it was unthinkable that shareholders would demand that gun manufacturers examine their own role in America's gun violence epidemic. Now it's becoming the norm. Hi, my name is Sunny Moon, and I am grateful that in 2018, gun violence prevention was an actual topic that people really, really cared about on the left because it's usually an issue that is super, super important to the right. And even though it's important to many people on the left, it's always secondary. So it's always a third round politics. And for the first time, I noticed that politicians actually ran on a platform of gun violence prevention and they won. Um, I've been involved in gun violence prevention for years now and I don't think for some people who are newer I don't think they realize what a shift this is. I don't think that people remember that even somebody like Barack Obama he didn't run on a platform where he clearly advocated for gun control the way that people are now. Even people who are very liberal didn't really broach gun violence prevention because it was always seen to be politically dangerous. And that was a really big change. I'm J.W. Walker. I am an organizer for Gays Against Guns. Um, one of the things I'm especially thankful for is um, that Lucy McBath won uh, election to the House of Representatives for her district in Georgia. I've had the honor of meeting her. Um, she's done work with several groups that I work with, including the Justice League and the Women's March. She uh, is just such an amazing story. Her son, Jordan, was murdered, if anyone remembers, was murdered at a gas station because the music was playing too loudly in the car he was in, and some other guy decided that he wanted to shoot the guys in the car because of the music being loud, and that's how her son was killed. And in the, the five or six years since Jordan was killed, Lucy has just grown to become such an amazing advocate and activist for sensible gun control legislation, for decreasing violence against people of color, uh, an anti-racist organizer, and the fact that she managed to um, be elected to Congress is just a huge, huge thing. And there are several other gun sense politicians uh, who started as activists, several of whom who started because members of their families or their communities were killed by gun violence, have been elected to our Congress. So we're going to have more people to 
to join Carolyn Maloney, who is also a survivor uh, of her husband's murder by gun violence, uh, to really advocate for, for some sensible legislation. So that is hugely amazing news. I'm really, really excited about that. My name is Mary Gustafson. And um, I'm thankful for my gender for stepping up concerning this issue because this issue concerns us more than it does men because the amount of violence is perpetrated towards us with or without guns. And I'm happy that women are running more often for office. I'm happy that women were an integral part of taking over the House of Representatives and that we will lead this next Congress into smarter gun legislation and, and just smarter decisions for our country in general. Hi, this is Kimberly Miller, and I am really grateful for all the amazing people in New Jersey who worked with me for two years to get rid of Leonard Lance, the representative in New Jersey's District 7. He's a big NRA tool, and now he is gone, baby gone. Hi, my name is Richard, and this year I'm thankful that we finally taken back the house. Anything you're thankful for that happened this past year? Yes, I'm thankful for a democratically run house. Thank you very much. <laughs> Maybe we'll see some change in, the, in, in gun regulations in this country now. We have a little common sense going on. That was Kathy Marino Thomas, a founding member of GAG and also a singer with our musical wing, Sing Out Louise, a queer tit offering tidings of courage and joy to activists everywhere. Take two. Don't fret, ye merry activists, let nothing you dismay. Remember Trump the traitor went down election day. And thanks to you, we're back to blue, let's get him locked away. Oh, tidings of courage and joy, courage and joy. Oh, tidings of courage and joy. Don't fret ye merry activists, let nothing you distract. The MAGA man or Kellyanne or Sarah sorry act. He's going down the circus clown, we'll take the country back. Oh, tidings of courage and joy, courage and joy. Oh, tidings of courage and joy. Don't fret ye merry activists, let nothing you affright. The change you want to bring about won't happen overnight. To save the world from greed and hate, you must stay in the fight. Oh, tidings of courage and joy, courage and joy. Oh, tidings of courage and joy. That was Sing Out Louise, live from the Resistance Rumpus Room, where we do a lot of our rehearsing. You can catch Sing Out Louise on many a street corner, parks, and all your finer demonstrations and marches. We distribute hymnals, so it's always a sing-along, not a performance. So please come out and join Sing Out Louise. It's fun. It's really fun. Also, we want you to join the WBAI family. We are starting the new year refreshed and recharged. We have a brand new broadcast studio. We've installed phone lines to make the call-ins easier and upgraded the quality of our sound. Unfortunately, our last two fund drives fell a little bit short. So we're asking 400 of our listeners for just $100 that will help make up the shortfall. Show your support for this program and what we've brought you this year. Radio Gag, Gays Against Guns radio show, has covered topics from 
gun shows to Kavanaugh's gun record, NRA puppets, Stand Your Ground Law, domestic violence, which uh, Trisha did a show on. Um, it's just a great way to educate yourself about the topic, and the more you know about this issue, the likely you are to want to join us in fighting for sensible gun reform legislation. And we would love to have you. So show your support by calling 516-620-3602 or go to giv2wbai.org, give2wbai.org, and make a favorite show donation now. We're so grateful to have a home on WBAI, which has been a real place for the resistance for years, and it seems like a perfect home for Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. All right, it's time for our hell yeahs. All of the people that have inspired us over the last week or year. Hell yeah to Tom's founder, Blake Mikowski. Hell, hell yeah! yeah. Hell yeah to the blue wave. Hell Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah to all the different youth groups who have energized the gun violence prevention movement. Hell Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah to all the activists who are still showing up two years into this nightmare administration. Hell Hell yeah. yeah. That's about it for the Gays Against Guns Christmas show. Who else but WBAI is going to not just wish you peace on earth, but broadcast a show about how to make our country more peaceful. Fewer guns in fewer hands. Next week, Radio Gag looks ahead to what we wish for in the new year. Good night, Trisha. Good night, Virginia. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Habaragani. Kwanzaa is a cultural celebration observed December 26th through January 1st, honoring traditions by bringing communities together. The Nguza Saba represents the seven principles, one for each day of the week, that serve to guide and instill wholesome values to live by. On Wednesday, December 26th, from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., join Malika Lee Whitney for a special untitled broadcast, a Kwanzaa keepsake. You'll learn about the history, meaning, and purpose of Kwanzaa. Tune in Wednesday, December 26th from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. over listener-sponsored, non-commercial, WBAI New York and WBAI.org. For in the final analysis, our most basic common link is that we all inhabit this small planet. We all breathe the same air. We all cherish our children's futures. And we are all mortal. It's the president who defines the character of America. We have the opportunity to move not only toward the rich society and the powerful society, but upward to the great society. I want a kinder and gentler nation. As we turn to the year ahead, We hear once again the familiar voice of the perennial prophets of gloom. This is fake news put out by the media. Oh, it's going to get worse and worse, folks. Oh, I did not know that. Tune in for a shortcut, 11 p.m. New Year's Eve, right here on WBAI-FM. And there is nothing radical about moral clarity in 2018.
We've got our friends at CNN here. You guys love breaking news, and you did it. You broke it. I think what no one in this room wants to admit is that Trump has helped all of you. He couldn't sell steaks or vodka or water or college or ties or Eric, but he has helped you. He's helped you sell your papers and your books and your TV. You helped create this monster and now you're profiting off of him. We're with you, Michelle Wolf, but if corporate media has got you down, maybe you should try WBAI. We're listener-supported community radio, questioning the mainstream narratives trumpeted by the news profiteers. But in order for this whole thing to work, we need your help. Please go to give the number 2 wbaiorg to find out how you can support WBAI or call 516-620-3602. And thanks for supporting Free Speech Radio on WBAI New York. The General Assembly of the United Nations has declared 2015 to 2024 the International Decade for People of African Descent. The decade is commemorated across the world with remembrances, cultural exhibits, educational forms, and a commitment to end discrimination and human rights violations against people of African descent. The theme of the decade is recognition, justice, and development. While the U.S. government has done little to recognize the decade, civil society groups have organized events and are organizing to pass an official declaration on the rights of people of African descent, modeled after the recently passed Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People. Advocates are looking for a declaration to include strong protections against discrimination and advocate for the right of African descendants to reparations and to self-determination. This is WBAI New York and 99.5 FM and WBAI.org online. The previous program was Radio Gag, Gays Against Guns, which is usually heard. Uh, no, it, it is heard on Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. I don't know where I was going with that. Stay tuned for 